Hi, I'm John O'Scott. He's Ben Strivens. Hi. And we, we watch, watch anything. anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you know what to add to your list, or smash with your fist. Oh yes, no more smashy fisting, it's episode 12 (laughs) of the podcast. We Watch Anything is back once again to deliver you some of the finest terrible movies that we've found on Netflix and to find one of the little nuggets of joy that we can tease out of the pile. Jono, how's your teasing skills? I'm fine. Look, just before we started, he gave me a little a little pep talk about not laughing in a certain way into my <laughs> microphone because it was such a pain in the bum for him to edit it out. And then the first thing you say is smashy fisting. I can't remember what it was, but something like that. I don't know. Something rather. Oh, you bumhead. Um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you, dude. I'm very good, and I'm really excited about this week's films. Yeah, Genuinely me too. quite pumped. Well, I mean, this is a first for us. This is a milestone episode. Yeah. It's the first time we've had a user... User? It's the first time we've had a <laughs> listener-suggested topic. Listener-generated genre. Oh, an LGG. Quite, yeah, see? I like nice. that. Got, yeah, thank you, Penny, once again. Penny got in touch. Penny in South in London, her... rocking our world. Exactly. She tweeted, she said... She'd watched Willow. She suggested we look for some nice quest films. And that's what we did. We found some quest films. Yeah, and it wasn't easy, was it, Jono? No, Benjamin, it was not. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, it seems easy because for a start, lots of you could argue so many films that aren't necessarily questy in the sort of like sorcery or swords and sandals way have a quest in them. But yeah, when I actually came to look for sort of proper Willow style, shall we say, quest films... Yeah, it's yeah. quite tricky. That's the thing. I guess it's the criteria we set ourselves. You go, what is a proper quest movie? Is it sort of like, you know, you could say anything is a quest. You could say Clark's is a quest movie because he's like yeah. he's constantly chasing after going home or playing his hockey game kind of thing. You know, it's, there's a yeah. certain uh, there's a certain quest element to a lot of things. But I think yeah, you're right. Just uh, keeping it in that mold with Willow as the touchstone kind of thing was a uh, was a relatively I guess uh, challenging prospect. Yeah, and it was interesting because, as a, as I said last week, there was, uh, last time rather, sorry, was the, um, I straight away had already stumbled upon a few really weird looking 80s quest films that I'd never heard of. Mm. Because obviously you've got the sort of Harryhausen questy films, you know, from the 50s, 60s. Yeah, yeah, Sinbad And stuff like Jason Argonauts, Clash of the Titans and stuff. Yeah. And they're Sinbad ones. And, um, and they're awesome. And then, but in the 80s. I think maybe just yeah, because everyone was into fighting fantasy, wasn't there? So suddenly there were like kind of so many because like it's such a golden age because you've got the sort of I suppose the slightly more adult sort of aimed ones as in they a bit more sort of gory like Conan the Barbarian and Destroyer mm. and the Beastmaster, which is a favourite of ours. Isn't yeah, it? and Krull as well. Yeah, yeah, and then you've got the sort of more children'sy ones like Labyrinth, which I saw the other day. That still is awesome. So Labyrinth. I had this conversation with someone who. Um, Oddly enough, used to review films for a living. And he was yeah. saying, oh, I showed my... It's amazing how much of these sort of old films you loved when you were a kid, you show them to your kids, and they're just terrible, like Labyrinth. I was like, oh, hold on, shut the oh, front really? door. 
No, but that's exactly so the experience I had. That was, I had exactly the reverse experience. I showed it to to some kids. They really liked it. They really liked it. Honestly, you know, they, like mm. it was it, it was an eleven year old boy or ten year old boy, eleven year old boy and a seven year old girl, and they both thought it was awesome. They found it kind of frightening. They seemed to quite enjoy the songs. They didn't sort of guffaw at, 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 at David Bowie's posing pouch and stuff. You know, they really liked it. No, my um, but anyway, my almost six year old daughter loves it. She's oh, she, good. You know, she's six on repeat. She doesn't. I, I was worried she was going to get scared by it. She doesn't find she doesn't find it scary at all. She just likes. Oh, really? She just likes the thing. She thinks it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't tried it on my daughter yet. I think she would find it too scary. But my, but she's got a. I don't know. She's got quite low tolerance for scary things. Although it's suddenly beginning to get a bit better. But anyway, oh. I haven't shown it yet. But okay. So labyrinth. But there was also never ending stories. Uh, yeah. Never ending stories. Sorry. And the dark crystal, uh, willow legend. You know, there was just. Oh, there's. A, oh, I think legends a bit scary. Yeah, actually, you're right. Legends are on the darker funny. side, apart from you know Tom Cruise wandering around. Um, yeah. Tim Curry is the old sort of yeah, devil evil thing. Is quite it's quite scary. Yeah, Red Sonia, Red Sonia. Now Red, Red Sonia is a film I really hate. That's terrible. It's really <laughs> bad. I mean, just in the realms of I like a lot of questions because they're so bad. They're good. Beastmaster especially so terrible. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, but, I loved Beastmaster. Oh, so terrifying bad. as well. When yeah, I was, when with I first those saw the weird it. things that suck the body and leave the bones. Yeah. And, yeah. I was just going to say a quick shout out to uh, Miscast Commentaries, by the way, another podcast that we've been um, talking to who have just done uh, their own commentary track for Labyrinth that uh, oh, is really? worth having a listen to. Yeah, I listened to it without the, the movie and it was still great fun. I know the movie pretty well. But yeah, I would I would have a, I'd have a listen to those guys. If What's you their name? What's, what are they called again? Miscast Commentary. Miscast Commentary. They mm. sound good. Yeah, they yeah, sound very really good. good. Well, anyway, but just briefly back to what my, my struggle to find them is that the point is that I found a few. They were really bizarre, and I didn't want to just give us exactly the same films, but at the same time, next types of films. But the fact that they were all in the 80s, I thought, oh, that stays true to the original brief of being yep. inspired by Willow. But the only other Quest ones were martial arts movies, because they're yes. quite often very questy. But I didn't want to go martial arts, because we can save that for some other time. Do you know what I mean? I know. Mean? It was quite tempting, though, just to sort of throw mm. them into the mix. There was a couple I was sort of like, ooh, this could be fun, because they are very questified. But yeah. yes, we can do a full martial arts special. I think we should, mm. soon. I yeah. like it, like the idea. Mm. Okay, well, I mean, that's the Quest movies we haven't watched because we've seen them already. What about the Quest movies we did watch? Jono, do you want to uh, start the ball of Quest rolling? Very much like the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, well, Indiana Jones films as yeah. well. Those are Questies. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, brilliant. Let's add that in at the last <laughs> moment. Yes, my film now. No, yeah, my film, everyone, is, um, is a full-on Quest film. It's a full-on Sinbad film, in fact. Ooh, and it's yeah. Sinbad... Sinbad, Sinbad, sorry, sorry again, Sinbad of the Seven Seas. Nice, um, I already like it. <laughs> it came out in 1989, although there's more to this story, and in fact it was filmed much earlier 80s, more like 83 or 4. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so here's the, the back of the video box plot mm-hmm. in one sentence. Sinbad must recover five magical stones to free the city of Basra from the evil spell cast by a wizard. Okay, that's really? the short version. It's yeah. almost topical with Basra. Exactly. You know, they, and they keep going on about Basra, the beautiful city with this evil overlord and blah de blah. Yeah, mm. it was interesting. But anyway, it's um, it, and the other headline news is Sinbad is played by Lou Ferrigno. Oh, who, awesome! The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk from the um early eighties, a very successful Hulk TV program. Is and, it Lou Ferrigno um, or Lou Ferrigno? I don't know. 
Oh yeah, oh, I always thought of it as, as like a sort of Farino thing, but I could well be wrong. Actually, if anyone does know that, could you please let us know? No, give but you know, give but, us an but, email. But, but no, 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 Lou Farigno sounds wrong. But I've it's been an saying Lou pronunciation. Farig- it could well be. You do not know. It's Beverly. They say Beverly D'Angelo. Oh yeah, they do, don't they? Yes. But but either way, I've been saying Lou Farigno. Or oh, what have I been saying? You've confused me now. Well, you but I haven't out been saying, saying Farigno. I know, but I haven't been saying Ferrigno until today. Oh, I've God. only just started Ferrigno because I been thought a that's bound to be correct. <laughs> Let's call him Lou from now on. I like Lou, it. Lou Hulkington. Um, <laughs> anyway, he he he's in this. He plays Sinbad, mm-hmm. and then um, Jaffa, the Jafar, the main bad guy. <laughs> I can't remember how to pronounce him now. Is Jafar? <laughs> It's John Steiner. Well, I'll talk about a little bit. The name sort of Isabel. Did he start a bunch of schools? <laughs> no, no, you bumped <laughs> Anyway, um, it's an Italian film, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you more about that. In the back. But the funniest thing, right? So, so, so the plot is. is well, I've told you the, the the plot, but the very first thing you see, the very first thing you see, is Edgar Allan Poe. Oh right! This, this this still of Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe. It's really weird. That's awesome. And you have these credits rolling back. And it's just sort of say you know written typed credits um, saying, "Oh, Poe did all this stuff. He wrote all these amazing type. You know, he launched all these new genres of mm. literature and stuff." And then it says, "But he also wrote strange fables, and one of them was a sort of new Arabian Nights story with Sinbad." And it ends this little bit saying, "And this is it." Dot dot dot. Only it's t- it really isn't because I, I kind just of say, "Is this true?" Not really, because the thing is, he did. It, no, no, no. It's true because Poe did did do a a sort of. It was because you know it's a, a thousand and one um, stories in Arabian Nights. Yeah, and the, and Edgar Allan Poe wrote this sort of jokey pastiche, a thousand and second one. Okay. Um, in which he imagines Sinbad as an old man, sort of in the modern world, and it's sort of a pastiche. And you don't really realise as the as the reader that he's in the modern world at first. He's talking mm. about these kind of beasts, but whatever. Either way, very so sort of Sinbad scared of cars kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Except it's all on the ocean. But yes, yes, exactly. It's that. So it's really not like that at all. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, but th- that's the idea. Anyway, so th- after that, you've got a really synthy um, opening um, sort of music. Of course. And then the f- the first proper scene is a girl lying in bed. It would think Princess Bride with mm-hmm. Fred Savage. It's a girl lying in bed, and she says, "Oh, I don't want to go to sleep, Mum, Mom. Can I have another story?" And um, and she goes, "All right." Um, and she starts and she starts narrate this mother starts narrating a bedtime story from a large book and it's in the city of Basra the evil Jafar has clouded the king's mind um, you know think worm tongue and whatever in, in, in Lord of the Rings he's clouded the king's mind with his magic mm-hmm. he's imprisoning his daughter Princess Alina so he can marry her blah de blah and he's got there are these four gems that protect the, the city of ba- five gems is it oh, I can't remember now I think you said five mm-hmm. earlier yeah multiple gems um <laughs> <laughs> really great gems, and uh, actually they they're really quite plasticky gems. They're hilarious, but um, they they're 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 right. Basra up to now has been awesome, but yeah. he's yeah he he's making things go bad. And then we meet Sinbad and his crew because it's not just Sinbad. Oh no, he's joined by you know um he's got a Viking on there. Excellent. He's got a samurai. He's got like oh, the love. Inter- yes. <laughs> yeah, so he's got the love interest guy who's called Ali. And His love got, interest. Um, is this a very progressive? No, no, as in like this kind of. No, there's a kind of love plot between the daughter of the king of Basra and one of Sinbad. Oh, okay, so Lothario type. Yeah, the good-looking one because mm. like, like Sinbad's good-looking in a, in a very specific, in a very way. incredible Hulk kind of way. <laughs> and then there's the sort of um, the light, the the comic relief from a midget or dwarf. I forget what they call him. Little person. And 
a little person and a cook, and they're the sort of um, comic relief of the whole thing. So what is it about quite... cooks? I'm sorry. What is? It? I, I hate to butt in, but cooks are always a comic relief. It's such a pratfall kind of thing. I know. <laughs> but in this, well, I could, yeah, they're they're supposed to be the comic relief. Let's right. put it that way. Mm-hmm. Whether they actually deliver comic <laughs> relief or or not is another matter. But anyway, um, I'm not going to tell you the whole plot because it's it, but but just I want to tell you the sort of first bit because basically Sinbad and his crew quite quickly get um captured. And um, the crew are in a torture chamber, um, and Sinbad's in a thing, in a um, just in another uh, dungeon, yeah. in which he escapes by tying a whole load of snakes into a rope. <laughs> <laughs> but with but with with the snakes sort of agreement, they're they're really into the plan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then then after after that, they re- you know they get away from Jaffa, but by this point, he sent away the evil. I mean the magic gems and so to save the day he has to go and get the gems back sure and q they go seek a wise oracle who tells them where they all are then they say into one island they have to destroy a rock monster there's another island um which is like an island of like amazons you know kind of sultry um sirens kind of sure do they sing them to their try and sing them to their death or are they sort of there isn't actually singing they do more dancing to their death um which is (laughs) actually I, i i found it quite um Sensual. testing yeah and then there's the isle of island of the dead where some ghost sort of dudes kind of come up uh, and, and try and kill everyone and yeah. then, uh then they, it, then it gets further on there's a, yet another island i oh, know it's still on the island of the dead where you meet there's suddenly these extra characters come in like sinbad meets this person called kira and his strange father called nadir who's another wizard and, they, and he has to help them get rid of monsters blah 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 the point is then it all gradually gets back to you know they, Do they get collect the sort of one stone at a time then basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly it's that kind of thing i mean i mean that sounds quite cool doesn't it yeah i'm loving it loving the yeah. idea especially if he's got like a samurai and a, and a I know, small person I know. and a comedy cook and <laughs> I mean, does he does sinbad sort of seem quite physically imposing is he sort of hulky yeah yeah oh, he's looking fantastic honestly <laughs> he really looks awesome he just this this little clench well little he's not little at all these massive sort of he just looks really Cause, cool because he's got really of... he's got not mullety hair but mm. sort of like quite um curly oh there's a lot there's a lot going on yeah there. And um and but yeah he's very bronze. Because I would often very think of Sinbad bunched. as a sort of wiry little buccaneer style dude. Oh no no they've not they've not gone well they've I mean they can't change Lou 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 Hulk. No so no he, just he looks for like him. Big bad Sinbad then. Yeah yeah, and he's great. I really like it. But anyway so so that's that's the plot. And now we're gonna I'm gonna go straight to my review that uh, this film has um very low production values, <laughs> very over the top acting, a really inept plot, and. I just, I, I just, I'm. It's and just. And yet you're it's, smiling. I couldn't. I was honestly, I was smiling almost from beginning to end, <laughs> because right, the music that right at the beginning, the synth music is awful. Then this Princess Bridey scene with the girl, just straight away, you hit to one of the biggest problems. Right. Dubbing. Oh yes. So basically, this was shot by an Italian. Uh, basically, I think it was quite quite common at the time. They would go in there, they would film. But they wouldn't have any recording equipment. They would just film and then add all the voices later. It's all ADR'd. Wow. Yes. Well, this is the thing. I think John Steiner, the 
Jaffa, 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 whatever his name is, the bad guy, mm. sat. I don't think he's dubbed. I think his stuff was recorded live, and and he is the most entertaining thing about this film. The bad guy. He, it's really hammy. His script is awful, but it's just so much fun, and he's got like. He's just got this really wild look in his eyes all the time. But I think his vocal is recorded live and you can hear it. And maybe that's why I enjoyed him more. But but going back to that girl in the in the yeah. bed and the mother telling him the story is really badly dubbed and just straight away it makes it just <laughs> really quite annoying. And as well, the mum has got such a boring voice. <laughs> and because the storytelling is so poor, they rely on loads of narration <laughs> from this really boring woman who just keeps waddling in and just going, oh, but then, but then the cook and the dwarf had to save the day. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, I can't do an impression of a voice. It was just, it, but it's, it's hilarious. And honestly, it sounds awesome. um, I'm going to quickly cut to my sort of... I loved this film. I loved it. But it really was... We talked a lot about So Bad It's Good. Now, in the prison one, I what did I do? I did uh, that Seagal movie. Yeah, terrible Steven Seagal thing that sounded like it was so bad it was bad. It was just so bad it was bad because it was bad in a really boring way. Yeah. This is bad in such a fun way because it's so inept. And apparently the, the Wikipedia entry for this, fi- this film, which I read afterwards, mm. is hilarious just on its own. But basically... Something the screenwriter was directing the film, and then for whatever reason, he got sort of replaced at the last minute by this other guy. The other guy changed loads of the script and like quite drastically, yeah. and spent quite a lot of money, and then just submitted like apparently like three hours of footage, which was so bad that the producers kind of went, "Oh damn," and just shelved it. <laughs> and then years later, because I think that was about eighty three, eighty four. Yeah. Then in nineteen eighty nine, the original. Um, screenwriter Luigi Cosi was was hired back to try and do a bit of turd polishing kind of thing yeah. and was like spent another half a million dollars doing the turd polish and then here we are <laughs> with Sinbad but, but the thing is that's interesting because like Cosi the bloke who you know whatever you know wrote partially directed whatever yeah. he did work with um Lufrinio again in uh, some Hercules movies that I never saw but oh, from around the same okay. time like 84 85 like there were two of them yeah so, I mean, he worked again. So I, I don't quite know exactly how this ended up. But honestly, if you think of all the great bad films, the famous bad films, <laughs> one I always think of is Troll 2, which you you introduced me to mm-hmm. that. And um, another famous one, obviously, like all the Edward ones, like Plan 9 from Outer Space yeah. and Glenn or Glenda or whatever it's called. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed this. this. I, think more than, I think I enjoyed this as a bad film more than those. Oh, wow. I mean, I enjoy watching Plan 9 from Outer Space, but this, there was something about it. Maybe it's because it was a bit more my era, so yeah. I really felt like it was my bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, it, was, oh, it was just, it's just really, really fun. And there's, I mean, the, the, but also, I mean, don't get me wrong, if you're in the wrong mood, you will be, you'll be pissed off by this film because it is terrible. <laughs> it's not funny. The Flash Gordon-esque humour that they employ is terrible. Excellent. There's this terrible like slow motion they keep overusing in all the action sequences and it's awful. Um, and I, I was just trying to think of other things that I could m- mention that I were know. really bad. I mean, the dubbing voices make it really bad, but John Steiner is just hilarious. And I, am... and I think it's got a lot to do with the, the fact that he's play, uh, playing live. And the talking to snakes, the, the, the lines... So so the Hulk dude, um, Sinbad, there's this bit where he's, talk, he's like trapped in the, the dungeon and he's trying to talk to the snakes who are a bit wary of him. And he sort of goes, <laughs> nervous, huh? People hating you and all that. I know where you're coming from. <laughs> it's, like, it's like this hilarious thing, this really badly acted, like dubbed Sinbad trying to find common ground with some freaking snakes. 
And then there's another bit just before the amp, they meet the Amazon queen. No, just before they get to the Amazon island. And he sort of says, I want to warn you all that this is a big risk. The Amazon queen is a mind vampire. <laughs> what? There's a bit... There's a bit towards the end where Jaffa says, I'm warning you, you are forcing me to carry out my most devastating act of magical madness. <laughs> and that's oh, and that's when he makes a second um a second Sinbad to fight the original Sinbad. Oh, a bit sort of um Army of Darkness esque. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, I hope I've captured um some of my love for this film. Dude, I am I, watching I could, this. I could go on for ages about why I found this funny, but I'm not going to go on anymore because I just think I, I hopefully I've set it up that you know it's just it's just if you want to see a very impressive human body set against the backdrop of some random non sequiturs with an <laughs> electronic score from yes, a freaking dildo with a keyboard, then you should watch this. I loved it, and I want. But the thing is, okay, that's my review. I loved it. I want to give this an A of bad. I th- I thought long and hard. Should we have a new set of like you know like Z's are re- the best. You know Z minus is the best we can go for bad. But I thought that would be confusing. So I'm throwing it over to you, Ben. Should we have an? This is the A of bad. Oh wow, an A of bad. Or do we say this is a Z film in the good sense? Well, if you if you could with say maximum it's a Z conviction, film. yeah, with with maximum conviction, with Steven Seagal would have to be. I think I think I think basically, if if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we have to have I think we have to keep A to E, because okay. frankly, yeah, something deserve so to be an E. All right. Whereas yeah. if you yeah, call yeah, it yeah. a Z, if you reserve a Z for this movie was terrible, I loved it. I can yeah. roll with that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, in which case... But I'm not calling it a Z. Sorry, brothers across the pond. No, 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 fine. Um, it's either You either get to give this a B, because you really enjoyed it, and it, but it's not a masterpiece, or yeah. you give it a Z. The ball is firmly in your court. I'm quite happy to go with either either option. Oh, I don't know. I've been, the thing is, I've been thinking about this for ages, and I can't decide. I'm going to call it a Z. Love it. Might, but just for the moment. But uh, yeah, it's really fun. And, Great. Um, yeah, enjoy people. Uh, next thing I watch that I don't have to watch, I'm watching that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, moving swiftly on, um, you gave me a movie with the uh, brilliantly, the brilliantly titled Gore, <laughs> and it's not Gore with an E, which would have been an awesome movie. It's Gore without an E from 1987. Awesome. Um, now, Gorsome. <laughs> um, uh, kill me now. Um, oh. Now, I immediately knew where I was in in space, time, and quality when, like, you start the movie. And do you, do you remember the Canon releasing logo? Oh yeah, that, but, yeah, yeah. And the Canon releasing came up, and I was like, ah, oh, that's where we are. Great. <laughs> um, and I've watched an awful lot of Canon movies that I loved. So uh, I'll give you an overview. Really, gore is about um, a lecturer in some ways... I wasn't expecting that word. No, it's about (laughs) a lecturer in sort of um, ancient history or whatever (laughs) who um, has a magic ring and crashes into... and gets sort of hit by lightning and transported into another dimension. Oh, wow. So like zapped. Zapped, very much like that. Except not really. Except not really at all. And when he gets, trans- <laughs> from the he gets transported into the other dimension, which is full of people in the sand wearing kind of... It's a mix, really. Everyone looks a little bit Romany, or they look a little bit tribal. It's, you know, it's it's classic sort of, we had these costumes. 
and they just sort of you know just put through people into things really it's a big old <laughs> like they always do in the old star trek one yeah in star trek episodes the original you know you can always tell ah now someone's been making a roman film in the next <laughs> lot <laughs> pretty much like that so there are some people who look a bit roman some, some people look a bit whatever um right. and so he gets zapped back there into this sort of alternate reality where um he meets he's, he's very quickly he's sort of at, at an encampment and as he arrives, a big old battle is in progress, uh-huh. and we see some quite the, the villagers look relatively um, uh, basic, let's say. And <laughs> the well, they're not; they don't have the flashy armor. Whereas no, okay. these big dudes with weird helmets, basic villagers, <laughs> your basic model villager, um, and these dudes with weird helmets turn up, and they're very sort of Romanesque breastplates and very weird helmets, and sort of. Yeah. Uh, smash the village and steal their big glowy stone, which is very much like a big version of his glowy stone and his ring. Um, And then we see that uh, one of the guys with the big weird helmets is Oliver Reed. Boom! Bit of Ollie Reed, love that. I remember now, I remember spotting Oliver Reed. Yes. One of the reasons I thought, yes, Ben's having gore. This is great. (laughs) Gore with Oliver Reed. Um, And uh, basically, he's a bit circumspect. He's, He's wearing, you know, a suit in the middle of this weird kind of um desert landscape and well, he's literally a suit as in yeah, like yeah, literally. going to going to the office suit. yeah because he's just been zap he's just come he's he's left um his college thing he's left his college you know, they're broken up for the summer or whatever zapped. gets yeah. zapped into this alternate reality they're all clad in leather and jerkins and he's in a suit um yeah. and uh he's watching from from a hill and gets set upon by the weird helmet guys and sort of tries to explain to them that he's not supposed to be there and they just magically keep getting smashed off their horses until right. we've realised that this sort of fierce warrior woman who he had seen fighting in the village is taking them out from a distance. And then he joins with her and her sort of wise man and other compatriots in a quest to go and recover the heartstone of the village, which is sort of the big glowy stone that the, the people with bad helmets nicked. Because um, right. it's, only a, it's only a minor force that they that she conquers, not the whole oh, army right. kind of thing. Oh, good. Yes. Um, well, so, so basically, yeah, sorry, a, a minor force encounters him. She nobbles them all. Oliver Reed buggers off with the stone and back to his place. And I'm sorry, so, what's the stone again? It's, it's a, a magic stone. It's a magic stone. Basically, it's one of those things. It's a bit like, um, think Indy 2. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it, like, it keeps a village alive. It's the source of their... their oh, okay, their so very much like my gems of Basra. Yeah, yeah, very much like... It's almost like there's some sort of um, thread going through quest some movies. Some kind of link here. Yeah, and yeah. again, like your gems of Basra pretty plasticky looking <laughs> yeah. um, oh good so he sort of teams up with her they train him to become a warrior because they sort of think there's a bit there's a certain like slight chosen oneness about him right. because you know apparently this has happened before someone from the other world has come through but then they've just got smashed to pieces whereas they think he might there's a possibility that he might be the one and so they train him up um, and they go through various scrapes and adventures in order to recover both the stone and her father, who is the sort of big wise man, head honcho, chief of the village sort of dude. Right. And restore order to the, that part of the weird deserty Galaxy. landscape place. Wow. So, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, in many ways, a standard sort of quest film kind of vibe. Yeah. Our lead actor is a chap called Urbano. Barberini. So also 
Italian, and he's been in a bunch, whole bunch of Italian stuff. He was in. He, he's most famous for being the hero in, or the the main character in Opera, the Dario Argento. Okay, I've seen that. Yeah. Yes, and so that's the main dude there. He is appallingly bad at the acting. Oh, is he? oh no. <laughs> I thought you were about to say something much more positive. No, he's, he's really bad. There's a there's a great and I was direct, this thing is directed by a guy called Fritz Kirsch who directed Children of the Corn, so he's kind of got some sort of pedigree. I can oh, never, really? Yeah. Um, I always remember. I think with Children of the Corn, I always liked the idea more. Yeah, of I think Children it was one of those things that was always a bit of a disappointing movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, go on. But basically, yeah, I mean, there's there's there are some there are some quality moments. Um, he starts off in this college and it's very Indiana Jonesy as he's lecturing them about this sort of magic ring thing. And then mm. he's meant to, in, in, there's, there's so much stuff feeding into it because he's meant to hook up with his teaching assistant and then this other sort of like way cooler teacher comes along and takes her off because he was <laughs> going to go basically and rent a cabin for them and then just research his ring, as it were. And she she isn't into it. And then this other dude comes across comes along who's just like she's not into researching his no this total classic 80s douchebag in a convertible steals her away but the classic (laughs) 80s douchebag in a convertible is arnold vosloo who ends up you know down the track playing the the mummy in the mummy in all those the mummy movies oh and 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 the dark man movies wasn't he in those was he in dark man as well might have been i can't oh i don't know Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you could well be right. Um, But either way, yeah, I know the actor. Yeah, great. Oh, cool. I like him. Yeah, he's he's in it very briefly, just as a douche. Um, (laughs) And then he uh, he gets transported to the other world. And one of my favourite bits is once he's gone, they make a big play of him having a calculator watch, which is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So cool. And then you sort of you um you look at the, the the scantily clad warrior lady who's kicking ass and you're like she is very scantily clad and i semi recognize her but i don't think i really do no i think she just looks like a sort of standard issue scantily clad warrior person so i looked up her filmography she's called um rebecca ferrati and she's like oh she's in beverly hills cop maybe that's why i recognize her oh no her credit in beverly hills cop is playmate oh she's in ace ventura her credit in ace ventura is sexy woman oh she's in (laughs) lots of straight to video erotic thrillers Erotic Confessions <laughs> One and Two. And like, I don't recognise it from them, but um, it's like it's very unsubtle why they hide it. They went, let's get one of those sort of FHME type girls who doesn't wear a lot of clothes, and that'll 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 get the lads in. Um, but she's pretty terrible. Um, really. But she does kick ass a lot, which is quite cool. And then so they do their questy thing. There's a bit when they go as there's a really confusing scene which I kind of want to watch again to work out how they do it. They sort of sneak their way into this, into the fortress because there are slaves pulling covered wagons and they keep running up behind the covered wagons and jumping in and then switching covered wagons and stuff like that. But like no one notices. There's like 15 massive warriors jumping into covered wagons being pulled by hundreds of slaves and their masters. And it's one of those things like it's almost someone like, you know, slaps a twig and everyone stops and turns around and they kind of freeze. <laughs> and no one notices them. It's really very bizarre. Um, but they, uh, yeah, they, they they have this sort of whole you know questy thing. Where there are these moments um, that it sort of hits along the road. You know, your big questy tropes. And one of them is the training yeah. sequence. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the training sequence lasts. I'm guessing. I didn't time it. I'm going to go close to forty-five seconds to a minute and a half. 
somewhere in that thing. And in that time, he goes from being a quite weedy college lecturer to a man who wears very short leather shorts. (laughs) (laughs) And by the time he's wearing short leather shorts, he is a warrior supreme. He's suddenly wow. become bulked up. He can smash their their finest warriors. He is maybe it's because he's the chosen one, but it is the world's shortest training montage with the highest payoff. Um, oh, wow! And after he's done that, they end up in this cantina place, which is my other highlight of the movie. Um, they have in the cantina thing very much like the Star Wars. There's a lot of stuff where it's borrowing from other mm. movies. So this is very much like the Star Wars Cantina, right? Okay. Yeah. A lot of the other look of it is very Flash Gordon, glowing rings and things like that. Um, like I say, other bits of it have a sort of indie feel, but not quite. Um, and he, so he ends up in this ca- cantina and there's a sort of the chief slaver guy in there who he has to fight in the end. And who is um, a dude called Paul L. Smith. Does that name ring any bells to you? Yes. Big guy. Dune... Yes. The Beast Rabat. Oh, sorry. Yes. The Beast Raban. So, yeah, the the, yes. um, the the Harkonnen sort of like horrible okay, yes, guy yes, who eats yes. frogs and I've stuff I've only like ever that. seen Dune like twice, I oh, think. I, so I don't know. Everyone hates it. He's also in Red Sonja, actually, talking about Red Sonja. Oh, God. But... Red Sonja, your sister is dying. <laughs> Red Sonja, your sister is dead. It's on his first two lines. Sorry, but, yeah, so he gets... Um, he sort of makes girls fight each other in a awesomely retrograde way and then ends up getting killed because he gets distracted by the calculator watch which is fab um, i mean I'm there's nothing the calculator watch. the calculator watch turns up quite a bit there is um there's a bit with quicksand which is always good to have in a quest movie oh yes so we've got glowing yes. stones we've got a cantina we've got quicksand we've got a training montage um and then i, I mean i don't i'm not gonna t- there are zombies sort of they were like kind of disease-ridden zombies sort of thing this is sounding like a full A plus all this film. There's a whole, and there's a calculator watch, don't forget as well. Um, yeah. And all in all, it's just a bit meh. Is it? It had so <laughs> no. much. It had so much going for it. Possibly, it's definitely not terrible. Well, no, actually, it's, right. it's terrible. But it's not like it's not so bad. It's good, and it's not so no. bad. It's awful. But it's just a bit bad. Oh, that's a disappointment. I was really there was so much there was so much joy and life in the in the plot description. The camera work I'm is pretty average to be honest with you mm. to the point of being quite bad. Um again the acting all round apart from Oliver Reed obviously um pretty awful. And What's Oliver Reed like? Oh, he's just he's sort of just, you know, ticking the boxes and doing that sort of gruff Oliver Reed kind of, you know, blah, 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 I'm the leader of a bunch of bad people <laughs> blah, kind of thing. Um <laughs> And the the uh, there's some oh, some really this is something I don't usually say. There's a really bad helicopter shot. It is spectacularly awfully done because the helicopter they obviously just couldn't afford to do another pass, or they thought it was fine. But I think it must have been handheld in the chopper because it's so wobbly. And it's meant to be one of those like classic things, you know, when like your heroes trek across the mountain range and the heli shot comes up and it sort of yeah. gives you give the scope of their journey. But it's just yeah. sort of the scope of the journey, but it's a bit wobbly and perky, <laughs> jerky and oh, oh, hold on. There they are. They're in the left of the frame. No, they're sort of, we're in the right of the frame. Just oh, that, oh hold on. Can you just stop? Oh, God, we ran out of money. Um, it's just really bad. So, yeah, um, some terrible VO, some terrible editing, some terrible camera work and generally poor acting some great tropes they've used but really it's a pretty firm d plus in my book i think for just general like menace not the worst movie i've ever seen 
but really like I, I i do still hold a c as my like you should probably check this out oh the one thing this is worth checking out for the absolutely oh, one thing that's worth checking out for is you'd have to watch the whole movie though because at times you're listening you're watching it and you realize they've used the music from something else i don't know what it is but the music doesn't fit the scene at all <laughs> in any way shape or form it's just like they've gone we couldn't afford music there was this score left over from this <laughs> film about the titanic or something let's just use that yeah bug it in it'll be fine fantastic but yeah that's it that's that's my uh that's my take oh dear all right well um number three. moving on yeah moving on to our combo film our shared um, joy our shared joy which is um well, i'm gonna get up right i'm gonna go with the title right away dude. please do because i'm it's, rubbish at titles i know <laughs> alan quartermain and the lost city of gold is it and the lost city of gold yeah i think so i'm gonna have to check, I, check once that. again I i'm rubbish at titles <laughs> well um we decided that for the third quest film because we've talked about the 80s and how you had the sort of the sort of children's ones, you had the sort of Muppety ones, yeah. you had the sort of um, fighting fantasy sorcery Sword ones. Sword and sorcery sort of vibe, yeah. Sword and sorcery vibe, which we've obviously gone for a bit. But we thought it'd be nice to go for one that was one of the biggest questy action heroes of the 80s. Yes. Was obviously Indiana Jones. And so there was a whole load of second string Indiana Jones films that came along. Absolutely. And one of them was the Alan Quartermain films. Now, the first Alan Quartermain oh, Sorry, just Quartermain check. Were film... these books before they were films? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah oh, really, really huge bestsellers. H. Rider Haggard. That's what I thought. Haggard. Yeah. I think I've even and, read I one, th- actually. Yeah. Yeah, Victorian, I think they are. I'm suddenly doubting myself. But I think they were written in the 1890s or so. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they were huge bestsellers. Very popular. Um, and I have no, I don't know actually much about the, the, the creation of the character Indiana Jones, but. It borrowed from Alan Quartermain, mm. you know, definitely. Anyway, Alan Quartermain is an adventure hero. And the first film that was made was called King Solomon's Mines. Yes. Which was also, I think, the first book. And then this yeah, is yeah. essentially the sequel. Um, and we've watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So essentially, we start um, very much as a sequel sort of thing. We are at Alan Quartermain's had his adventure with King Solomon's Mines. We are at his pad in Africa. And he is there with his fiance, who is the same girl from King Solomon's Mines, who he rescued and got together with. Very much like, I mean, there's so many things we can throw here, but, you know, let's start with Romancing the Stone. Very much, yeah. you know, that, 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 I think Romancing the Stone is very much a pastiche of, of that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. very brilliant way. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, so they are supposedly off to go and get married in America. And then a uh, there's, there's, as we're seeing sort of their... Kind of like ha 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 life in Africa, having fun with him, having the most bizarre kind of clay pigeon shooting set up known to man. There is someone yeah. being chased through the trees by sort of scary native types, um, and he uh, eventually lands up at Alan Quartermain's house and sort of goes, oh, "It's all gone wrong. We're all going to die." And Quartermain yeah. knows him from the past, and uh, he's a chum of Quartermain's brother, who he went off adventuring with, also, which then derails Quartermain. Um, from the path of going to America to get married into the path yes. of searching for the lost city of gold to find his brother and his chums to make sure that they are not dead. Yeah, because he's not after the city of gold because basically the no. bloke that comes along with the coin and seems to be die- well, and then dies quite soon. You know, he he talks about the lost city of gold, but in terms of Quartermain, he's not really after the gold. He's not interested in the gold. He's more interested in his brother and finding out what happens. Yes. What happened to him kind of thing. 
And so what it sets off sets us off on a madcap adventure. And first of all, so Alan Quatermain is Richard Chamberlain. Yes. Again, as he was in the first film. Yep. And his and his partner is Sharon Stone. That took me so long. I do what, not get know why. Her? I was just like, oh, standard issue, pretty blonde for some reason. And oh, then really? like halfway through the movie, I was like, that's Sharon Stone. <laughs> It's funny when that happens, isn't it? No, I must admit I did know straight away just because I'd already looked it up. Yeah, I, think, but, yeah. I, I just, I, yeah. I just for some reason it didn't, didn't twig. Um, yeah. Partly because she's not like a character I've seen her play before. She's this sort of like very girly, giggly, well, she's very much like Kathleen Turner in um, *Romancing the Stone* in some ways. Well, I was going to say she's more like Kate Capshaw in *In Temple of Doom*. Also quite Kate Capshaw in *Temple of Doomy*. Yes, good call, good shout. Mm. But um. But yes, and 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 I suppose the other sort of headline news in terms of the cast oh. get in there now is James Earl Jones, which is great. And that was that wasn't like a that wasn't a, didn't take me a long time. That but that was voice before face. Yeah, because I was yeah, like, yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, exactly. like James Earl Jones. Is that? Oh my god, that's James Earl Jones. Yeah, and when I first when I first saw him, uh, yeah, it it took me a while to pick him because I kind of I don't know, it just didn't look like him at first. No, it didn't. Did I mean, he is very tribally dressed, which you don't often yeah. see. But um, yeah, he's got a really weird name like Um Slopogar. Yeah, something. something weird, and he's really and he's quite young, frankly. For yeah, although yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, how much earlier can this have been than Field of Dreams? Um, well, this was eighty six or seven. Yeah, um, I would have thought Field of Dreams no, was eighty eight. It says eighty six. Eighty six. I've just double checked um i can't remember when field of dreams is but either way yeah he's looking different and he's looking fairly buff is james Earl jones um and his big thing you know like in a lot of these things you know, yeah 89 feels one of them right boom oh nice one dude but you have um you have a dude with um two swords in the back or whatever but james Earl jones thing is a great <laughs> big axe he's got a great big axe he's got he a great big axe he can spin round occasionally which is so fun. basically yeah chamberlain goes recruiting people for his quest and yeah. in the sort of recruiting market that he goes to is James Earl Jones, who's known him from previous adventures, although Richard yeah. Chamberlain can't remember him for a little while, which is quite weird. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And this weird sort of um, bad dates style holy man who kind of yes. joins them as an agent provocateur. Yeah, Robert Donner, who plays Schwarma. Yes, in, in proper sort of boot polish makeup. I can't work out yeah. why that he's supposed to be Indian either. I just got the feeling oh, yeah. he was quite sort of like an Indian Swami in this. Um... Well, he is definitely. I I'm not. I am. We're, we're, I'm. I'm going to skirt around it for a little bit longer. I'm not saying whether I liked or disliked this mm. film yet. But Swami, shall, shall we say, Robert was one of the problems I had with this film. One of the problems. I'm just going to say that. Fine. But anyway. Oh, let's well, let's get let's get out there now and do a do a cards on the table thing. See my okay. my overall impression. Well, not even cards on the table. My overall impression of this film. Um. Can I look? Can I actually jump in, dude? Yeah. Like last time we talked about Turbo Kid, we umdenard, we umdenard, and then you got put your cards down on the table. I feel like you quite often put your cards on the table first, and oh. then I do. And I don't want listeners to think that I'm just some some spaniel who agrees with you. So I'm going to put get your my cards, cards on the table because I think we're going to disagree. I really didn't like this film. Wow, you see, we are going to disagree. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we would. As in, I I should qualify that I I didn't hate watching it. But I found this film so annoying. 
it was really annoying. I just found so many things about it annoying. Richard Chamberlain's beard was annoying. Sharon Stone's giggling was annoying. James Earl Jones' axe was annoying. Swarmer was a git. The music was really annoying. That sort of because they they've got that Indiana Jones because they want to be Indiana Jones. They got that second string Indiana yep. Jones like Cod John Williams thing, and they use it at really annoying times. So they use it not only when he's just managed to save someone or avoid being hit on the head. They also use it for like there's a scene when they they're just canoeing really quietly. So that should be da, 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 or something. But they go don't use that music there. They're just going along on a boat. Oh, yeah, I found it really annoying. And as well, the place where they end up at. That's so annoying. That is everyone. everyone his, his brother is particularly annoying. <laughs> his brother. Yeah. So he finds. Oh, spoiler alert. He finds his brother. Um, Robson, I think his name is. Yeah, Robson for some Gordon. for some reason he's called Robson. But, yeah. Okay, but, okay. There's that. a terrible thing. His brother's called Robson. He's called Alan, and he and his brother calls him Q. It's like your surname's Q too. <laughs> yeah. You're um, both Quartermains, you bellend. Uh, oh, oh, who plays the main band guy when they actually do find the city of gold? Oh, I name? can't remember. I've got it written down somewhere. I think um, he's uh, in a oh. million things. Yeah, and like, uh, yeah, his hair is annoying. <laughs> Did you notice um, when he gets to the City of Gold, I couldn't work out whether it was either a country club or an Aryan youth camp. <laughs> what, the place where they... Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I put down that it reminded me of like a retirement home in like the Costa del Sol. <laughs> or like a kind of, yeah, like a kind of a, a, lot, a, a sort of hotel that was open somewhere bizarre and never made it, if you know what I mean. I, and then immediately abandoned. I think we should mention that they're part of, it's not just the City of Gold he's looking for. It is the lost no. white race as well. I know. Well, this was another element that I kind of just thought maybe you should have changed this this bit. But yeah, the lost white race. They are essentially Aryan youth in this lost city of gold. (laughs) They're all these blonde-haired, blue-eyed people wandering around in robes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we need to say more of the plot? So I I don't don't think so. Like we said, you know, Quartermain gets dragged into this thing. Oh, the only thing I didn't mention is that uh, he has a tiff with Sharon Stone because he's not going off to get married, and then halfway through. they split up for a bit, as in they don't split up right, in for terms five of they're dumped. And then she but, yeah, they're throws split her... up from the film, and, and then she does that really annoying <laughs> scene where she's driving along. There's a comedy like the person who's in the car with her seems really scared of her driving, and then she decides she's going to turn back, so she takes off all her clothes. Yes, and, and throws them in a ravine. It's symbolic. Not all her clothes, but you know, it's because it's a family film. There's see, I'm going to disagree with you. I loved how terrible this was. Like lines like they thought about adventure first and the danger second. <laughs> Like and like how it must have known how ridiculous it was. Like right at the top of it, she um she gets all excited and really hyperactively giggly because a, a package arrives, and it's yeah. a suit that she's ordered for Alan Cole oh, yeah, for did, the wedding. I did, I did, I, yeah, and I it is different bit. shades of brown check. It's a suit no one would be caught dead in. Not a sane person alive would ever order this suit, and she's done it to make him fit in in America, just so he doesn't wear like jungle camouflage stuff. It's the most hideous suit in the world. There's a the big sort of like kind of gag when it gets trashed yeah. after he um chases some some scary people into the woods. Basically. Yeah. I did quite enjoy that bit. Yeah. I, my overall feeling about this is it's a bit like Indiana Jones made a carry-on movie. I think it's Indiana Jones, like, as if they were trying to sort of, like, make a rough version to show people <laughs> what the kind of film they want to make. with, beat with And they hired some gimps 
to be sort of certain characters. I, they, I, they, I, just, I think they knew they were making something terrible and they were having real fun with it. I really do. I think I, th- I, I do. I do agree with you there. I do think it sort of knows where it is, mm. and for that reason, I sort of forgive it. But I still found it annoying. But the one actually one of the things because I mean, the thing is, I actually sort of started out today thinking oh, I actually want to avoid comparing it to Indiana Jones too often. But the thing is, it's hard to avoid because they're so. <laughs> Just because, yeah. Well, it's, it's, this... you know, it's, it's brothers from another mother kind of thing. Exactly, mm. exactly. But the thing is, what, one of my favourite things about this film is that I've not grown out of Indiana Jones. I don't mean that at all. But I just think I slightly overwatched them in my teens and twenties. So I don't ever get, I don't ever feel like watching them anymore. Mm-hmm. This made me want to watch them again to remind myself how much. See, better that's they a good are. thing. It made me really want to watch both, like *Romancing the Stone* and um, *Yeah, Jim me the too. I totally agree. Yeah, because I really like those, yeah. and they were definitely second string Indy Jones. But I think they, but I think it's got a lot to do with um with the woman. Well, for me, I mean, obviously you like this, but like I don't have anything against Sharon Stone. I should just say that from she the was outset. terrible in this. She got a Razzie for but this, you know. Oh, did she? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh, because so the thing is, like, but the thing is that the um the you know the woman in Raiders, um, Karen Allen. Yeah, she like in that character, she's really ballsy and cool. She's really. She's just cool. Yeah. She's a cool part of that film. In Last Crusade, Alison Doody, I know she turns out to be a Nazi, but she's still, a, you know, she's another cool... I still think that's not as good as the other two, personally. Everyone loves Last Crusade. I think it's okay. I just prefer... I, it's, it, I, I think the okay one is... Um, Everyone does. One. Temple of Doom. Do they? Oh, am I really that? Am I that? Am I that? Am I that... Um... No, I just I just like I just don't get oh, the hate for Temple of Doom. I think it's brilliant. Oh, I don't hate it. I just it's my least favorite, and it's got a lot to do with Kate Capshaw. No, you see, I find see, I think she's great in it, and I find see, I find Sean just a bit hokey in Last Crusade. It's a bit too like oh Sean, ha 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 ha, dad gag, and I'm like oh really great. Yeah, no, I do like it, but I know what you mean. I do. For me, it's all. Just, it's, I, I, I basically, I like the biblical stuff in the first and the third one, mm. and the middle one. I don't really like the way it just, it just sort of these random events sort of dropped them in the middle of the mine of, cars uh, and the stones and everything. Oh yeah, no, I love, I, I love the spectacle of Temple of Doom. I don't love Temple of Doom. Fair I think enough. the spectacle though is is kind of awesome. Yeah, and I can't and even remember one, uh, Crystal Skull. No, I've never. I'm not. I'm never going to watch it. I've watched I it, but I just have no it. idea what happened in it. it. Just it just passed me by. Yeah, a bit like me with um, the zombie one. Oh, that zombie. World one. War Z. Oh, World really? Z. Yeah. I watched that. I can't remember a thing. Amazing about audiobook. It. but oh, the cast is anyway. Perfect. Okay, well, we we agree to disagree on the on the indie films. Um, yes, and we we agree to disagree on this film <laughs> as well. But um, the one thing I wanted to say is that first, like about about thirty minutes in, we have our first full on proper. Um, indie-like set piece with traps and like a golden thing that shouldn't yep. be moved, and then it is moved, and then the the floor splits and stuff, and someone falls down. And there's just this really funny bit. If you look for this bit, that you can't miss it because it's half an hour in and the floor splits. Yeah. But um, what's really funny is if you look at the dudes in the background who are running around looking a bit scared because the floor's about to come apart and they're about to fall into a bit. One of them very obviously sort of lies down and spread eagles himself on the floor. <laughs> For no apparent reason. <laughs> For no apparent reason other than what is obviously so that the floor can split and he can hang there a bit dramatically yes. for a little bit longer. So, yeah, I really like that bit. Talking of which, there's a very, very, the very odd final scene. Or not final scene, but when they finally vanquish the baddies. Oh, yeah, but by the end, I was, well, I completely lost who the... I got. I mean, oh, it does Elvira. get very confused towards the end. Elvira's in this. Yeah, I know. I was going to say Elvira's in it, which is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, at the end, all nice all the bad guys they meet on their way essentially join forces at the end, and then they just yeah. cover everyone in molten gold, and it's done. But 
that's weird as well. Yeah, Henry Silver. Henry Silver. Henry that's Silver's it. the main bad guy who looks like he's got really bad hair. And he looks like he's in the Grateful Dead. <laughs> he looks like he's about to drop See, a really big solo. you enjoyed this movie. Don't tell me you didn't. Uh, I, I, there is nothing better in this film than 44 minutes in, however. Oh, what happened 44 then? minutes in is the very classic sort of indie setup in a way um, where they are uh, they, they start off in this unbelievably bad green screen of <laughs> in, yeah. in, in canoes going through oh, like, yeah. this underground river and it's just the worst green screen known to man yeah that's that's really funny that bit and then it goes to the point where like they are uh, they what do you call it? They they sort of they slow down. They're not car- they're not careering through the things anymore, and they're paddling. But the wide shots they do are very obviously tiny boats with puppets in because they're doing this like motion. It looks like an automaton. These these weird looking things, and they do that. They set that up they do that three or four times, and then these then they cut back to the green screen. They're like paddle paddle, and that you can see the oars are sort of. Obviously, there's no resistance on the oars they use. They're not even going into the water, and there's no water <laughs> flicking up. They're just terribly green screened. It's brilliant. I loved it. Okay, good. It's yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's truly awful. I would put this in the so bad it's good, but not so bad it's great. It's nowhere near a Z for me. It's a C minus okay, yeah. for me. Well, the thing is, uh, the thing is, it it was definitely in the. It had some of the so bad good stuff going on for me. Yeah, and as usual, your enthusiasm is sort of. You know, it always has this effect on me that I start going, yeah, okay, that that was quite funny, <laughs> and, and before I know it, I'm going, yeah, it's an A plus. <laughs> um, but um, but no, I just did find this really annoying and quite a struggle to get through. I see, I... But I didn't. But I, well, I would still give it. So I, I'm definitely going in the D for me. But it's yeah. not it de- nowhere near an E, and definitely a, I'd call. I, I would give it a definitely a D plus. See, I enjoyed spending time in its company, so it gets a C minus from me. It's almost a C. It's pretty mm. bad, but I did enjoy the badness, and I just it passed the time quite agreeably, and I might well watch it again at some point. I think actually it's got a lot to do with that classic um, thing of just when you. Um, I really just thought it would be better than this. I mean, I remember this being out. I remember kids at school having like the film version of the you know as in with the cover the book yeah yeah Ugh. and so and just i knew i knew these films existed and thought oh i'll see them one day i'll see them one day i'll see them one day <laughs> little and did eventually you know. i've finally seen it and so there's it's almost like residual disappointment of 20 years or whatever it's been yeah um but yeah i still didn't like it <laughs> but i'm glad Fair you enough. did dude i like it when we disagree because yeah, so the only other time we've really disagreed was on the um the very first podcast we sort of disagreed on, on late, um late phases the last phases covered night of the wolf it's got about 40 million titles the poor thing well it does as well and as well i went and looked on it on, on and they, they get it wrong on netflix brilliant it's honestly i looked at it the other day and it had last phases when it's not it's late phases. right this is why i initially got it wrong at some point yeah yeah See, i might look at it right not now. my fault Mm. Right, so that's our that's our three recaps. Yes, we 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 we're disagreeing on this one. I'm saying give it a watch. You're saying smash with your fist. <laughs> um, my movie, smash. Your movie, however, sounded like it smashed it out the park. Yes, <laughs> I'm such a tool. No, 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 I'm enjoying it, dude. You keep going. No, <laughs> your your movie, your movie. I'm gonna watch. I think. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's that, that. That was a pretty high recommendation. So that means we are now um, movie free, free and clear. Okay. Uh, well, what's the next one? It's your turn to choose. It is my turn. Do to we choose. have any more readers? We've not had any more listeners, listeners uh-huh. um, who have uh, sent us any suggestions, which is fine. 
now we actually have to do the thinking for ourselves. Um, and I have been batting around a couple of things, but it's been a little while since we properly revisited sci-fi. And I don't think Ooh. we've... And, I, and, I, and I'm kind of feeling pretty sci-fi, quite frankly. Yes, so am I. Um, yes. With, apart from anything else, because a couple of movies that I was looking at as questy things ended mm. up you know sort of having a sci-fi bent i think let's let's just do i'm not gonna I, i'm gonna sci-fi with a sort of uh, with a a I'm gonna find a theme well a theme of space exploration oh okay oh yeah so last time it was alien invasion wasn't yeah it? and this time i'm yeah. going for space exploration or okay. stuff that happens out in space <laughs> <laughs> wow that's narrowing it down well i mean it? would you class alien as space exploration i don't know because they're sort of they are i mean they're a, they're a sort of sal- are they a salvage vessel i can't remember what they are they're a mining vessel, aren't they? they? Which is exploration. So, yeah, space exploration. Okay. So, what, are you going to make me watch Alien? Yes. (laughs) It's this film by a little-known director called Ridley Scott. Um, Fantastic. No. uh, Well, yeah, I'll find you three. I'll find us three three corkers to get through. Good. I'm looking forward to it. I am am also in the mood for some space exploration. Marv. All right. Well, as ever, it would be great if uh, we could hear from you out there with the uh, the plugs in your ears and anything you want to tell us uh, a movie you want us to watch a genre you want us to go near as you can see we do listen and yes. if you uh, we, we've had um, the wonderful Mike Jelly's uh, opening phrase there for a while if you're bored of that now and you want anything else to suggest drop us a line on that yeah I came up with one but I've forgotten it that's really helpful but all you listeners out there we would love to hear from you we live to serve. And we serve to live. I what? don't know what that means. <laughs> Nor do I. Oh, I do. Let's cut it. We're out. Oh.